when you think first responders, you think about firemen and policemen, and of course these services are so very important. But, but if you really step back and you think about it for a minute, the true first responders are our lawyers, because it's the lawyers who need to be at work establishing some of these systems and uh, putting things in place before the tragedy. Uh, and without those systems, there would be just, it would just be more of chaos. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for joining us. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And this is Craig Williams from Under the Marine Layer in Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. I have a book that I've written called May It Please the Court. Whoa, that's not right. It's called How to Get Sued. Um, and, and Bob told me before the show, he said, if you say it's going to go right, it will go wrong, which it just did. Anyway, um, we'd like to take this time, Bob, to thank our sponsors, Clio, a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com slash law, and Firm Manager from LexisNexis at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Well, Craig, uh, way back in 2005, in one of our one of our earlier episodes of, of this show, we covered the, the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina, uh, the aftermath of, of that tragedy, and, and how the legal community pitched in to assist those in need. Well, 2011 has been a year filled with uh, a, a string, it seems, of, of devastating disasters from the horrific earthquake and tsunami that ravaged Japan to uh, deadly tornadoes all across the, the country. Uh, uh, perhaps the worst of which, uh, which landed in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, so far this year, I read there have been some 546 deaths in the United States alone from tornadoes compared to 564 in the 10 years before that combined. Needless to say, uh, after disasters of these kinds, uh, people are often left with no homes, no possessions, no financial support, and, and no one to turn to. Well, not only do people have nowhere to turn to, but businesses uh, can suffer the same problems. Some in the legal community are making a difference. Today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we'll take a look at the issues that victims face, disaster recovery, preparedness, and how the legal community can come together and assist those who've been devastated by disasters. Uh, to help us do that today, we have two uh, guests who are very well uh, informed on this topic. Uh, first of all, uh, let me introduce in the program attorney Randy J. Alleman from the firm Williams Kastner PLLC out of Seattle. Uh, Randy is chair of the American Bar Association's Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section, which is better known as TIPS. Uh, during his coming term as chair, Randy will work with uh, on a program that's being co-sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters, but a program focusing on disaster preparedness and response uh, that will include several CLE productions, programs, and meetings. 
uh, in coordination with several other ABA sections and standing committees and with a number of law schools around the country. Uh, so Randy will tell us more about that as uh, later in the program, but uh, welcome Thank to the program, you. Randy Elliman. And Bob, our next guest is attorney Dennis D. Palmer, who we call Denny, from the law firm of Polsonelli and Sugart out of Kansas City, Missouri. After the tornado hit, Denny joined his colleagues, Kerry Hall and Troy Froderman, in Joplin to provide legal aid to victims. Denny has a long history with legal aid, and his firm is working with Legal Aid of Western Missouri to assist the Joplin community. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Denny. Thank you very much for having me. Well, as I say, we want to we want to hear more about this ABA initiative. But but first, I, I want to just start with Denny. Uh, you and your firm have have done some, you know, uh, direct work, uh, particularly uh, traveling to Joplin, Missouri, after the tornado hit there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience uh, and what you've seen in in the wake of the tornadoes. Sure. Uh, let me tell you that uh, first of all, we really had no full appreciation of what or expectation of what we might see uh, as we began to uh, look into what we might be able to do down in Joplin. The uh, tornado blew through there and cut a six-mile-long swath, uh, about a mile wide, uh, and just literally devastated and and leveled uh, a large portion of of Joplin, which is a mid-sized town in southern Missouri, uh, Kansas City, where I live and practice, is about two and a half hours from Joplin. But the newspapers and and radio coverage was very intense. And uh, because of my firm, uh, Posenelli Sugar's long association with the uh, Legal Aid of Western Missouri, uh, we became aware that that there might be uh, and were need to have. Uh, private lawyers or lawyer in practice uh, go down and assist legal aid and providing legal representation to victims and and people that have been were devastated by the uh, tornado. So our firm uh, was contacted by legal aid and and legal aid sent out sort of a broadcast to a number of law law firms in Kansas City, and uh, our firm responded and we got together and. And arranged to have three of my partners, including me, uh, go to to Joplin. So that is sort of the backdrop of going down there. Uh, again, as I mentioned, I, we, were, other than seeing some photographs, we didn't know what exactly we would find. Legal Aid has an office uh, in Joplin, a satellite office that is supervised or administered here from Kansas City, but they have a local legal aid office in Joplin, which uh, for most people would be aware and know that legal aid does provide legal services of certain types uh, to people who are otherwise disadvantaged and unable to pay for legal services. And so we really went down with the uh, intention of trying to uh, assist the local legal aid office in uh, interviewing uh, gathering facts and otherwise providing assistance to legal aid type clients. Uh, but as the, sh- as you mentioned early on in the show, there, the legal needs extend beyond and, and the legal service needs extend beyond people uh, who are disadvantaged. Uh, but in any event, when we drove down, uh, which I think was the point of your question, we, uh, we immediately got into the outskirts 
and began to see the extent of the devastation and and destruction and it was very difficult to describe i mean it was almost like being dropped into a set of a disaster movie where you know everything around you is just leveled and and smoky and and sort of burning we were there actually within a week of the tornado uh which hit uh on a sunday may 22nd and we arrived early monday morning uh may 29th so uh we got there and we're on the scene fairly quickly. What we were directed to was a community center, which was a uh, large freestanding building that housed uh, a number of agencies that were trying, including FEMA, Red Cross, uh, the Missouri Bar Association, uh, other government and private uh, charitable organizations that were trying to provide uh, outreach and resources for the uh, population of, of, of Joplin, many of whom were homeless uh, and without other types of resources, food and, and, and the like. So we, uh, Legal Aid had set up a, a little satellite office because it's, although its office was not devastated, uh, it was sort of thrown out of, out of whack and out of, uh, communication. Danny, let me uh, let me just interrupt you for a second. I I, I just want to I, I want to get Randy into the conversation. I want to hear more about the specifics of, of what you encountered in Joplin and what you did there. Great. Uh, but I I, I want to uh, get Randy into the conversation so uh he he can uh, provide perspective uh, uh from the ABA and and tell us a little bit about uh how he became involved in this issue. Randy, let me ask you, how did, how did you become involved in this issue? Uh, and uh, how is the ABA going to be working to address some of the circumstances like what happened in Joplin? You know, picking up a little bit on what Denny said, you know, he talks about the, the legal aid clinics and, and uh, legal services clinics that were in place when he arrived on the scene. And I think that's a very important observation. You know, a lot of people talk about you know the first responders, and they when when you think first responders, you think about firemen and policemen, and of course these services are so very important. But but if you really step back and you think about it for a minute, the true first responders are are lawyers, because it's the lawyers who need to be at work establishing some of these systems and uh, putting things in place. Before the tragedy, uh, and without those systems, here would be just it would just be more of chaos and 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 more devastation. But uh, that's that is one of the reasons I got involved in this. Uh, also, my section of the American Bar Association, the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice section, is a very large uh, section of the ABA uh, with some twenty five thousand uh, members throughout the United States, but. We really cover the gamut of of uh, uh, the type of legal services that come into play in these things. Everything from uh, insurance coverage uh, law and insurance law generally to uh, uh, tort law, environmental law to employment law, and these types of things. All of these legal disciplines are so very important. But in particular, the uh, the insurance industry, this uh, devastation in the spring of 2011 
if you take it as a single event, it, it has proved to become the fifth most costly uh, event in U.S. insurance history and the ninth costliest event in the global insurance history. So uh, what Denny uh, has been experiencing down there has a tremendous uh, dollar tag uh, associated with it, in addition to, of course, the, the tragic injury and death that, that we read about in the papers every day. Denny, when you got on the ground in Joplin, what kind of problems were you dealing with? Specifically, did you see medical issues? Did you see insurance, claims, loss of employment? What did you look at? What, what were the people needing? What we, what we experienced and what we found is that uh, because we got there almost you know, very close to the time of the devastation, people were still in shock, and literally, uh, people wandered. Were wandering through this this uh, center that housed all of these uh, outreach outreach agencies, and they would come up. We we had a very readily identifiable booth for legal aid, and people then would, you know, see the booth and wander in and and be able to interact with lawyers, including myself and uh, Troy Froderman and Carrie Hall of my firm. Uh, they came in with, with various kinds of, of issues. Uh, many of them had not, were not even sure of what they were what problems they they were were having or would face, but for example, we we discussed. I would say the most prevalent or predominant issue would, was landlord tenant, because many of them had been out of their apartment and had had a chance to go back uh, and try to dig out and, and recover some of their belongings. The, they had taught, found in some cases that the landlord was not going to uh, return their uh, deposit, claiming that somehow that the this uh, was a uh, you know an act of God, and that therefore they were the, the landlord was relieved from any obligation to return uh, security deposits and the like. There were employment issues. Uh, we talked to several about who had lost their jobs and about what they could do. Were they able to go back to work? There were uh, benefits of loss of employment benefits, concerns, and and how to what they should do to make sure that they could apply for those. Uh, those were the general types of uh, issues that we we were addressing and discussing. Uh, I am led to believe, and I uh, I don't want to go on here. I know you've got other questions, but I'm led to believe that like a lot of trauma, uh, disaster victims uh, are the legal issues that arise out of disasters kind of come in stages. There'll be an initial flood of, of various types of issues, but these issues will continue to percolate and, and rise to the surface and continue for years. Uh, and so we're just sort of in the initial stages of uh, seeing the kind of uh, legal questions and issues and, and lawsuits that fall out of, of these disaster type situations. I do. I would like an opportunity, maybe if not now, uh, at some point to uh, tell you about what I understand is going on now and kind of fill you in uh, 
sort of uh, several months later after the disaster of what I understand is going on. But let's turn to Randy and uh, see, Randy, if you can kind of give us some guidance on what you think uh, can be done ahead of time to at least overcome some of these disasters, uh, or at least be pre- better prepared for these disasters? Well, there's a lot of things that lawyers can do, uh, and government officials. First of all, they can uh, take steps to ensure compliance with uh, codes and other regulations concerning the construction of buildings, uh, the, the construction of other public works, and bridges, and roads, and dams, and of course, levees. Um, these are all uh, very important because uh, while Mother Nature can really deal a devastating blow, if you don't have uh, your infrastructure properly constructed, you're, you're going to just uh, make the mess that much worse. Um, Danny commented on a lot of uh, things that are very important for employers having disaster plans in place and uh, lawyers counseling um HR departments on how to deal with their employees and and what their responsibilities are to employees. These are all the types of uh, CLE programs that we are going to be putting on in September uh, in New York City to commemorate the 10-year anniversary of the uh, 9-11 attacks on our country. And uh, Denny's also correct in his... Uh, points on, 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 you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg initially, the fallout uh, uh, from such things just, uh, you know, escalates as time goes on. And, and that is uh, one of the, uh, the type of thing that we're going to discuss in these 10 webinars and teleconferences that we are going to be putting on uh, over a two-week period in September at the law firm of Harris Beach which um, was, I believe, the largest law firm housed in, in uh, one of the two twins, twin towers that, of course, that law firm's had to re- relocate. I mean, it occurs to me hearing you say that, uh, you know, looking at the programs that you have planned for September, that uh, one of the perhaps uh, hallmarks of, of the September 11th disaster from a legal point of view was was the creation of uh, this, this victim compensation fund, uh, Ken Feinberg's uh, appointment uh, to oversee that fund. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, I, I guess it, it raises the question of, of whether the existing legal structure is, is well set up to handle these kinds of disasters. I mean, what are the things you're going to be looking at are the lessons from 911? And, and are there lessons regarding uh, changes that should be made to the way the justice system responds or the legal system responds to these kinds of disasters, Randy? You know, I'm going to let those experts speak for themselves. We, we've got Ken Feinberg, who's going to be on the program. He may be the greatest mediator in the country. Uh, and also uh, Judge Hellerstein, who presided over all those cases, he'll be on the same program. And now we have Sheila Birnbaum, who's recently been appointed to uh, help pull out the money. But uh, I, I can only say that in the wake of, of such a devastating event, I have not seen uh, a lot of reports that uh, the system was messed up or failed. Um, from my perspective, I think that uh, it was handled quite well by that group. 
and uh, uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, uh, a report from them on that. I believe that program is going to be on September 8th, so uh, we'll just wait to see what they have to say about it. Well, it's time, gentlemen, for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more on disaster recovery and the role of the legal community. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack takes a look at the process of moving to the cloud. Now, how long does it take to move to the cloud, and is it a difficult process? No, with most cloud computing providers, moving uh, your data into the cloud is something that takes just minutes, not hours or days to do. You can get signed up and running with most services in just a few minutes. And uh, even if you have an existing, uh, a legacy set of data that you want to migrate to a a web-based practice management system like Clio, there's migration tools and migration services that we're able to offer to ease that process. So most firms can be up and running to the cloud in less than in the cloud in less than five minutes and can have their data imported uh, in a matter of hours or days. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS-70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Need to reach lawyers on the go? Try marketing with new media here on Legal Talk Network. We can start the conversation for you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and shoot us an email or call us at 781 781- Five five one nine nine six zero. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi. My co-host Jay Craig Williams and I are talking about uh, lawyers' uh, response to disasters in the wake of uh, 
a number of disasters this year uh, and on the approaching the 10th year anniversary of 911. Uh, with us are our guests, Attorney Randy Alliment, uh, uh, chair of the ABA's TIPS section, and Attorney Denny Palmer from the law firm Pulsinelli and Sugart out of Kansas City, Missouri. And Den- Denny, you were gonna you want you were gonna tell us a little bit about uh, kind of uh, bring us up to the present in terms of what what's happened in Joplin. Uh, we, where are we now in terms of the legal uh, legal issues and uh, that are being addressed there? Yeah, thank you for for the opportunity to do that. As I indicated or earlier, explained what I what the initial impressions were when I went down there to help out at the legal aid clinic. Uh, I have not been able to return, but am planning to return to do some more work. And in talking with the legal aid offices uh, down there, uh, a couple of issues have have arisen that are of a real serious nature. One, and first one I'd like to mention, is that apparently there are some landlords not only in apartment buildings, but in that own homes that are trying to take advantage of the disaster situation and are terminating uh, agreements, rent agreements, uh, or other uh, arrangements that they have with their tenants, and then immediately uh, doubling, and in some cases uh, in greater amounts, tripling or or, or beyond uh, rents. You might imagine that the uh, this tornado destroyed a number of houses, and with the influx of uh, people coming in of Joplin to help, there is uh, a serious lack of housing. And so these people, apparently, these landlords or property owners, have uh, are attempting to take advantage of uh, a tight housing market and, and apartment market and are attempting to quote gouge uh the uh, you know the the rent and uh, and and also th- improperly throw out tenants uh, there is a law in Missouri uh it's there's a number of laws around other states that are similar called the Missouri Merchandise Practices Act and legal aid is cooperating with the attorney general's office and now engaging uh our firm and other firms to uh, go into that situation and bring lawsuits under this practicing act uh, against these price gougers and uh, seek monetary damages and potentially some equitable relief to stop this gouging from occurring. Well, Denny, Uh, let me interrupt you for a quick second. It seems to me that if I remember my real property law from law school correctly, is that when the object of the contract is destroyed, the contract is destroyed. So... I'm not addressing the issue about how the whether or not they're gouging, but isn't that the fact that you you know once the house or the apartment is destroyed that the lease is terminated? Well, uh, this is not this property is not uh, uh, exclusive to, to destroyed property. It's 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 freestanding property, property that wasn't destroyed, and a lot of these tenants are on month to month or have no formal long term lease. So uh, the uh, the landowner is just uh, an owner of the property are just literally notifying them that their lease is up and reletting these properties at uh, at what amounts to be uh you know extraordinary uh 
value. So uh, there, the AG, the Attorney General, has been and Legal Aid both have been successful in stopping some of this activity and is recruiting now. Uh, Legal Aid is recruiting private lawyers to to help because the uh, that practice is is sufficiently uh, pervasive that they need more assistance in bringing these claims. Well, Randy, let's take a look at the what the ABA's uh, advice is to somebody in this situation. Are you, uh, do you does the ABA have a position on this one? Well, w- one of the things that's highlighted by this uh, conversation is that there are just significant issues uh, uh, involved in these tragedies, and there are positions to be taken on both sides. But you know, when you have something like this, you are going to overwhelm the local bar association's ability to take care of it. And one of the things that the uh, ABA is doing is to work with uh, state bar associations and their admission to practice rules uh, to allow out-of-state lawyers to travel to the devastation scenes and provide the types of assistance that Denny's uh, speaking to without fear of running afoul of, uh, you know, unauthorized practice of law uh, prohibitions. And this this all came to a head in the wake of Katrina, where they had all of these kinds of uh, issues arising, not just in this particular area. And I'm um, that's outside of my, my uh, focus, so I really can't comment beyond what uh, Denny is saying. But what the mm-hmm. ABA is doing is to is to uh, facilitate lawyers knowledgeable in these areas to come in and help on both sides of the question, because there is a problem and it needs to be resolved and it should get resolved quickly, so that people can get their lives back together. So that has been the focus of the American Bar Association, and not so much on the substantive issue itself. We, gentlemen, we uh, unfortunately are approaching the end of the program and. Uh running short on time. And before we conclude the show, we do like to give each of you an opportunity to give your final thoughts on this topic. And and as you do that, we would uh, invite you to let our listeners know uh, how best they might follow up with you if, they, if they'd like to do that. Uh, if you'd care to share a you know, website, an email address, a telephone number, whatever you like to do at that point to, to let our listeners follow up with you. Um, but uh, 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 Randy, let's uh, get your closing thoughts. Well, 2011 has is, is just been a horrific year, of course, for uh, in, in every respect. Uh, if we're talking about natural disasters and man-made disasters and, and even this uh, situation here in Norway where uh, human beings, uh, terrorist acts, uh, cause uh, great havoc. And, and so we are, we are focusing on the legal issues that, that spill out of these things. And uh, I would ask the, the, encourage the readers to go to the uh, American Bar Association website, www.americanbar.org, and uh, look for the Tort Trial Insurance Practice section, and you will be able to see uh, the programs that we are running uh, throughout the year with the kickoff uh, teleconferences in, in September and extending... Uh, through to August, and, and I'm sure that the listeners will will find something in those programs of interest to them, and, and uh, I'm sure it would help them uh, in their practice and perhaps encourage them to do the type of thing that uh, 
uh, Denny is doing, and I, I sure applaud him for uh, for his efforts down there in his home state in the wake of that horrific uh, uh, storm. And Denny Palmer, uh, with that uh, with that introduction, <laughs> your final thoughts and how our listeners can follow up with you. Yes, thank you for uh, again for having me. I think this is a very important topic. Uh, it raises the uh, issue generally of, of lawyers and private practice uh, who have a lot of privileges and advantages just because they've they've got a law degree and and are licensed to, to practice law to give back to their communities in some ways. And I think Randy's highlighted a, a number of times throughout the discussion here today. Uh, the the issues um, that are, ra- are raised by uh, and come out of disasters. And I think lawyers in particular can uh, have an opportunity to give back to their communities and to provide uh, real support to people who are uh, in need of, of help and assistance uh, that that result from from these disasters. Uh, I would just encourage lawyers who uh, in the Kansas City area and, and in Missouri and, and beyond to uh, look for opportunities to help somebody who's less fortunate than they are and, and disadvantaged, whether it be in a disaster area, uh, arise out of a disaster situation or otherwise. I can be reached at Postonelli Shugart. Our uh, website is postonelli.com. Uh, my direct dial is 816-374-0593 at that firm. And uh, if anyone is interested in following it up with me, I'd be very pleased to do so. Great. Well, thanks for being on today's show. We appreciate your participation. I, I'd like to thank uh, both both of both of our guests today and, and, and really applaud both of them for, for their efforts on behalf of disaster victims. Um, and uh, I know Denny, uh, Denny's firm, Polsonelli Sugart, can be reached uh, on the web at www.polsonelli.com. That's P-O-L-S-I-N-E-L-L-I. Uh, and you can find more about him at his website. And I also want to thank you for, for having me as well. I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, you know, get this message out. It's, that's so important to the country. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can get me at raliment at wkg.com. That's A-L-I-M-E-N-T. Well, Randy, thanks very much for being on the show, and thanks to Denny for his participation. And Bob, uh, we'll remind our listeners that they can get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to Select Legal Talk Network podcasts. You can go to legaltalknetwork.com and click on the West Legal Ed Center button. You can also find all Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes, and we'll be back again next week with another great legal topic. I look forward to talking to you then, Craig. See you then. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network.
the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.